It is Greg Pope, John Burton Show, presented by Omni Nashville Hotel. We're going to be down there uh, tomorrow morning. Bill King's show, our show from 6 to 9. Uh, by the way, uh, coming up at 2.15 this afternoon on the McFarlands with uh, Justin and Darren, uh, Bronson Arroyo is going to be on with him. Pitcher uh, with that high leg kick, you know? So I think he's... Um, is he still pitching? I, I don't think so. I think he, his last year was with the Reds. Uh, you know, of course I think he's there. with the Pirates uh, for yeah. a couple of years when yeah. I was in Pittsburgh. Yeah. yeah, earlier on, that's where he started, I believe. Hey, Vanderbilt baseball coach Tim Corbett just getting home from his baseball game last night. How you doing, Tim? <laughs> doing fine, Greg. What time did you uh, – 17 innings. All right, first off, I deal in superlatives. How, what's the longest uh, game you've ever managed? I think it was 17 against uh, Louisville in 2010. Uh, that was it, uh, and we just replicated it last night. Is that a good thing or a bad thing here in the in the? And I'm serious because you got you know you don't you don't open conference play until next week with Ole Miss coming in. But is it a good thing or a bad thing? To, but you got to use a lot of pitchers, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, oh, I wouldn't say it was a bad thing. I mean, I think anytime you can get guys out there for the first time or get guys' experiences there, um, it's it's probably a good thing. Now it's easier to say when you've won that game. But it's very frustrating going through that experience. But frustration is, is part of an experience, and that's good for the guys to feel. Um, I think you get in those environments right there, and you've you, uh, you, you essentially been there before. It's like you can feel that both teams forgot how to hit. You know, they haven't, <laughs> but, you know, in those moments, it, it feels that way. It's been very frustrating, and you get guys at third base, and you can't push them across the plate, and – Everyone feels the frustration, and you start squeezing a little bit tighter. But on the other side of the coin, you have pitch ex- execution that's happening at a very high level, and we did that. I mean, they, we ended up striking out 24 hitters. So that's that's really amazing. You know, it's just very good pitch execution. Then you get a guy out there like um, J.D. Thompson, who's never pitched before here at Vanderbilt, and he goes out there for the first time and – throws three innings of uh, no-hit baseball. So uh, pretty impressive for a young kid like that who hasn't been out there before, and that was his first start and first win. Yeah, I mean, I was going to ask you about uh, your pitching staff, Corbs, just the fact, you know, the combined no-hitter the other day in Minnesota, and then, you know, that the effort last night. you got to be pleased overall with what you're seeing. Yeah, I mean, you don't expect to, for things to – move in that direction, talking about the no-hitter and 24 strikeouts. But, you know, what you're looking for is just the ability to execute and have and be present on the field. And we're, we're able to do that. And, you know, right now at this time, the guys have done a pretty good job of, of, of getting on the mound and, and really being able to, to command their, their adrenaline and, and pitches. And, you know, for that, it's it's really been the basis of uh, our success, at least early. And I, I would say success, I use that word, you know, just carefully because we've just been able to be in, inside of pretty good outcomes because of that. But uh, I, I would say that, that the kids have done a nice job putting the ball in the strike zone, and we've been done, we've actually done a nice job of, of – uh, ground ball defense and fly ball defense as well. So we'll, we'll take that because you have to be able to do that in order to experience any type of a good outcome. 
Vanderbilt baseball coach Tim Corbin with us. Uh, two to one win last night over Evansville. Seventeen innings as well. Take us back uh, to uh, to Minneapolis. Uh, two out of three in in talking about the bats. And I know they came alive against Tennessee Tech Tuesday night. Uh, you score seventeen runs in three games against the uh, the Big Ten teams up there. And then as John mentioned, the combined no hitter. Just talk about the overall experience and what you think your team got out of it. Yeah, it was great. I mean, I, I, it, it, just to be in such a unique environment in a football stadium, which is a beautiful football stadium, it's a, it's a beautiful setting, and to just kind of build a little baseball field inside that environment <laughs> was very unique, too, because, you know, right field was a little bit shorter, but it wasn't so short that it was out of line. I mean, you're talking about 300 feet right down the right field line. Then it jetted out a little bit, but you almost had like a Fenway monster all the way in right field. So that was unique. The turf was good. The teams were very good. I thought Maryland was outstanding. They went 0-3 in that tournament. And I thought Nebraska was very powerful and, and strong. And then Minnesota on the last night, that was a nice crowd playing in front of a lot of people on Sunday night, which is unique. We've never done that. We've never played on Sunday night. So uh, I think, you know, getting to see the Mall of America, getting <laughs> to, you know, it, what the, the funky thing about that is you throw a no-hitter late Sunday night, and we get in the locker room, get our gear, go to the bus, four inches of snow outside. <laughs> so it's like, you know, where, where could you do something like that? Where you throw a no-hitter, and then you go to get on your bus, and you got four inches of snow, and then you leave the next day back to Nashville. So it was, it was kind of neat in a lot of different ways. You know the fourth no hitter, uh, obviously, and, and there's uh, we know a, you know a couple of them are of fame, uh, certainly Kumar's, but uh, the second combined no hitter uh, in as many seasons, fourth no hitter since 2019. It's is it weird to have combined no hitters the way you manage that, and as you go through it, as the, the you, you, apparently you know you're going to pitch these pitchers for this amount of time. Mm-hmm. But does the thought of there being a no hitter in, enter into it? The way you manage those things, just to heck, we, they're so rare. No, it doesn't. And I, I think that you only start to really realize that you're in a no hitter situation, and no one obviously talks about it. But I think <laughs> in the seventh or eighth inning, that's when you start to say, "Okay, whoa, they haven't gotten a hit yet." But I think as you're managing a game, especially when you're using different pitchers, it, it never, you know, it, it never really enters your mind. It's just like what enters your mind is we want to win this game, and it, that's all that we want to do. We just want to win the game, and we want to put the best pitcher out there. And it just happened in, in that case where guys were effective, you know, from from the start of the game to to Grayson Carter to Laboki, who pitched so well to get us deeper into the game, and then. You bring in Ginther because he's left-handed to face the left-handed bats. He gets out of it with a double play. And then Maldonado, you bring him in just to finish the game and just to get the win. And he gets out of it with no hits. So, no, I would say no. Uh, The one against Kentucky last year was just two guys. But, you know, even then you're thinking, no, we just want to win the game. But the margin was a little bit wider than what the Minnesota game was. So the last time we did that, we actually threw a no-hitter perfect game my first year here with a staff of 10 pitchers against Western Kentucky on a Tuesday night. And that certainly was a game that 
we didn't know a there was a no hitter b we had a perfect game until about seventh inning and we pulled it off some way somehow tim corbin is our guest two-time national championship coach of the vanderbilt baseball team in a situation like that uh corbs do you not want you know uh brownie or anybody to tell you hey we got a no hitter going <laughs> you know what i mean are you are you superstitious like that when it comes to those situations no, just because I think, you know, Brownie being in the game for such a long period of time and Baxter being in the game and, you know, myself, it's just like, no, no one's, you know, no one's speaking like that. They're just talking about getting through the game. I think everyone is pretty centered on what they're doing. So, no, it does, you know, everyone knows it, but it's the last thing is your conversations are going to be. You know, like I said, everyone knows it when it gets to the end of the game, but your conversations don't ever get near that point. So, and the kids certainly don't either. They pick up on it and they, they kind of, if you've got any type of acumen for the game, you understand that let's just win this game and move forward. If a hit happens, it happens. But if you're somehow lucky to keep a team from getting a hit, then it just happens that way. Tim, uh, after such a long emotional game like you had yesterday, a long day's journey well into the night, what is your plan for handling the, you know, your players? Will you work them out today, getting ready for this weekend, or will you give them the day off? How do you approach it? You'll probably get in the weight room. I think that's it's, it's a really good question because we got back from Minnesota. Well, we didn't get back till Monday, mm. and we played late Sunday night. So we basically have played four games. No, one, two, three four, five, six, Evansville, you could count that as two games because it was 17. And so we played six games in about five days when you look at it, really, or six, however you want to look at it. So it's been a lot. And then these kids go to school. So, uh, no, I, I wouldn't say we're going to uh, – hitters, hitters don't probably need to even touch a bat today just because you want them to get away from it for a time just to – kind of decompress and press reset more than anything mentally because those are exhausting games because they're frustrating. They're just, you know, you're, you're trying. They're, the kids are trying, but the harder they try, it's like squeezing the bird, you know. You're going to kill it. <laughs> and, and and that's that's kind of what we're doing. But So I, I think before we play a tough, loyal, and Marymount team on Friday, we're probably just going to get in the weight room and uh, get them out of here as quickly as possible. Uh, weekly question about Enrique Bradfield. Uh, he's now with a hundred steals with a two on Sunday. Uh, only the seventh SEC player to ever do that. Uh, the only active player in college baseball to be at that level. Uh, so here's your uh, weekly. Uh, he's good. You know, statement. He's pretty mm -hmm. good, isn't he? <laughs> Brilliant yeah. analysis by Greg Pogue, isn't it, Tim? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, he just does. <laughs> He does something on the field that you're going to remember. Yeah. I think that you, you see, so it was kind of like that Dansby quality that, you know, those kids that you get every so often where you know when you leave the park that he was around and he played and he distinguished himself in some manner. And I think Enrique and Dansby, guys like that, they do it because there's a lot of different parts to their game. It's just not tied up in one area. I mean, you know, Enrique hit an opposite field home run the other way in one of the biggest parts of the ballpark on um, this past weekend. You're thinking to yourself, that to start off the game, first pitch, and you go, a little guy like that can't do that. Well, 
he can do a lot of different things. And uh, I think the the greatest thing compliment you can give a kid like that is he's a pure baseball player. There's a lot of ways he can affect a game. What do we know about Loyola Marymount, Coach? Um. Uh, they just beat a really good Cal Irvine team uh, on Tuesday night, and Cal Irvine's one of the best teams in the West Coast. Uh, they played Oklahoma State very, very tough there. Um, what I know about them is they can really pitch. Nathan Chote is their coach, and Nathan's been in the game for a long period of time, too. Uh, he's a very good pitching coach, but just a good coach. Uh, it's just going to be a tough team. It's going to be a tough team for us to play. Uh, we're going to have to hold them down. They've got nice transfer bats in there. you got a kid from the University of Miami and Thomas, who I think is going to be one of the better hitters that we've faced. So I think Loyola Marymount, last time they went to the College World Series was a time ago with a with a very, very good coach who's still alive named Dave Snow, who actually helps UCLA from a sports psychologist standpoint. But uh, they've always had a good program, and uh, I, I think it's just not – Hank Gathers and Bo Kimball in the old days when they played basketball with Paul Westhead and that fast break <laughs> offense in basketball, they could play some really good baseball too. So uh, they're good, and we're going to have to play well. All right, uh, dining report. Last night after the game. Oh, I, I didn't leave the office last night till 2 a.m. <laughs> All I can tell you is I had Maggiano's here because that's what the team ate. I had a glass of wine. So if that helps you at all, that's <laughs> where it was last night. Tonight, I don't know where I'm, where we're going to go. Went to Velvet Taco the other night. That was really good. Velvet Taco. I haven't had on. that yet, Coach. It's good? Yeah, it's good. I try it. Really okay. good. All right. Really check good. Check it out. And it's worth it. And it stays open until 3 a.m. for right, late night. Right there on Division, right? Across from Winners yeah. and Losers? Yeah. Yeah. Velvet Taco. All right. Velvet. That's a new one for me. So there. Yeah. yeah. On Broadway. Yeah. 51st Tap Room. I'm going to tell you, that that place, that's that's in, kind of in the nation's area. Mm-hmm. Uh, boy, they've they got really good food. They, I've they been really there. Yeah. You're, yeah. Yep. I like it, John. I yep. like it a lot. Get the smoked chicken salad on kale, and it's got beets in it. Their dressing is unbelievable. Really good. Really good. Worth your time. What did I say he had for breakfast this morning? Uh, tree bark and yogurt. <laughs> Yeah, he's probably worked out three times already this morning. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, uh, had to get the had to get the game out of me. Yeah. <laughs> Blow off a little steam, coach. Yeah, yeah. yeah for sure. Hey, enjoy the weekend, Tim. Yeah, thanks. Thanks course, so much, okay. Tim. Of course, appreciate all the it, all the games right here on National Sports Radio. Thanks, Tim. Always appreciate you guys. All thanks. right. Then.